Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon and happy, you know what it is, Friday, right? August the 5th, the year 2022. Hope you're having a great day. Looking forward to a weekend as um, football closer and closer and closer around the corner. Everybody's on the practice field doing what they got to do to get ready to try and win as many games as they possibly can. And my main man, James Mesh, is back in the master control suite, producing as he always does each and every day, spinning the tunes, pushing all the right buttons. He's in the game studio, which is on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also in Lake Charles on 1041. We're streaming around the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And you'd be amazed how many people actually tune in that way and listen. Um, And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, well, you can turn your television set on as well because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, um, LSU got on the practice field yesterday, and uh, Brian Kelly said, we're going to – Look, this is kind of an indoctrination period, and we're going to um, break it in slowly. Don't ask me about quarterback competition yet, because that will get determined when we start to get down in distance drills. So just everybody hold tight. So there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that are working left and right. And as um, Brian Kelly said, look, man, we're, we're a work in progress here. And there's a lot of things that um, normally I've got things penciled in. You know, you say everything is open. It's an open competition, but you kind of know, right? You kind of know. You always have a guy penciled in somewhere. Normally, a coach would know his roster inside and out. But for some players, this is the first time Brian Kelly's seen him on a football field. So you have a new coach at a new job in a new conference, but even more than that, It's a new roster with 15 transfers and several freshmen that are going to be thrust into rotational roles. Uh, Everything is still getting figured out on the fly. Uh, So Kelly said that LSU has to rely on evaluations throughout camp to make decisions, which is a heck of a lot different for him. And that makes this camp so interesting, more so than usual, because the team that takes the field September the 4th in New Orleans will truly legitimately be carved out of what happens these next four weeks. Countless position battles still trying to be sorted out. Quarterback being one, offensive line, cornerback, a roster full of players that Kelly has barely seen. So camp has begun, and uh, they'll do it again today, and they'll do it indoors, uh, and then go from there. So 
a learning process right now, and everybody they're, they're shuffling players in, out, in, out, in, out. So there's really not much you can be determined at this point in time. But um, we will talk with Wilson Alexander here in just a few minutes. He was at practice number one, and um, he will kind of share his thoughts on what happened. Uh, yesterday and what we can expect looking forward um hall of fame this weekend for the nfl and the saints little big man sam mills posthumously uh will be inducted into the hall of fame in northern ohio on saturday mills will be enshrined uh, less than an hour from the cleveland browns training facility um in a way northern Ohio is where it all started for mills that's where he uh born uh, the son of, uh, of of parents and a kid that went to uh, undrafted free agent out of tiny Montclair State. The Browns cut him at the end of training camp that fall. Um, Mills eventually ended up at the USFL's Philadelphia Stars, where Jim Mora was the club's first head coach. Uh, in Morph, Mills finally found someone to believe in him, and the rest is history uh mills first nfl practice 1986 with the new orleans saints Mm, what a player part of the part of the dome patrol and sam mills went on to have a stellar 12-year career with the saints and then the carolina panthers he made over 1300 tackles and was named to five pro bowl teams so in essence Once again, it is not how you start, but how you finish that counts and means the most. Uh, Larry Holder will give us the lowdown on the uh, New Orleans Saints and the NFL, where apparently uh, Deshaun Watson nixed a settlement offer from the NFL that would have suspended him for less than a year uh, per a report that's come out. And now... um, the NFL, as we said, has already said what well, we're going to appeal that six-game uh, decision, and we're going to leave it up to um, someone to figure it out. And that someone, appointed by Roger Goodell, former New Jersey AG Peter C. Harvey, will oversee the appeals hearing. Harvey will now have the final say in the case. Now, who was Attorney General Peter Harvey hired by? Roger Goodell and the NFL. The NFL wants him to be suspended for a year and to pay a hefty fine. Which way do you think this is going? So um, there you go. But according to reports, Watson could have avoided all of this if he had settled his case with the NFL. And he had a chance to do that before Robinson delivered her judgment on Monday. Uh, But he's battling this down to the end, and we'll see how it all turns out. Yes, indeed. So um, crazy, 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 crazy. Um, 
The Saints have had some fights in practice, obviously. Well, we're not the only one because Kyle Shanahan has drawn a line on the toughness that players were, have thrown punches in practice. That's just part of the way things go. Um, Fred Warner and receiver Brandon Ayuk both got after it. And um, it's, it's just that time. That's how that's how it works out. Joe Burrow still remains out after that uh, appendectomy, but he's still involved in camp despite being out indefinitely. Bengals coach Zach Taylor says he does have a timetable for the former Heisman Trophy national champion LSU winning quarterback on uh, on his on field return. Um, He's in his third year already. Wow. The top overall pick in the 2020 draft hasn't participated in any practices since the Bengals started training camp last week, but Burrow remains visible and active during the preparation for the upcoming season. He's just a, he's a team player and he's going to be there and do what he needs to do and make sure that everybody else realizes that he is there and that he is the leader of this soiree. No question about it. So, uh, Wilson Alexander will talk LSU football. Larry Holder will talk Saints and NFL football. George Faust from KLFY Sports. Friday with Faust, we will go over the Raging Cajuns and their training camp. They reported yesterday. And George Becknell and James Mesh and I will uh, do a little this, do a little that. We'll talk and, 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 and try to have a little bit of fun. Fun, a little bit of fun in uh, Major League Baseball. Well, the, the Astros keep winning. Uh, you know they they took care of their business, and um, now with schedule rolling right along, the Astros up eleven and a half over. The Mariners, the Twins up one over the Guardians in the AL Central, and the Yankees up ten and a half over the hard-charging Toronto Blue Jays. That's the lowest it's been in quite some time um, in the AL East. Over in the National League, the Mets um, took care of business against the Braves and widened their gap in the NL East over Atlanta up to four and a half games. My Redbirds are winners of seven of their last ten and have tied the Milwaukee Brewers. They're both 57 up and 48 down, and the Dodgers cruising despite um, some injuries. Clayton Kershaw with a bad back situation. He 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 left the game before he even started pitching. Dodgers still win, and they leave the Padres by 12 and a half. That's some of your headlines for the day. Uh, we are presented by DC's Little Capital Exxon right there. I tenant the Henderson Cecilia exit. Frankie is a huge sports fan. He's got a great, great little store. He's got DC's Lucky Capital Exxon behind that in case you want to try your skill at the wheel. Um, but it's a great place uh, with that true soul food deli tucked away in the corner with, I think, the best cheeseburger I've ever tasted. But you got to decide for yourself. Give it a try. You're going to absolutely love it at DC's Little Capital Exxon. You know the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles Saturday, August 27th. And you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets. A 
tour of Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways, powered by Bookshire AC, Le Meridian Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. We'll take our first time out of the day. When we come back, we'll head to Tiger Town, Wilson Alexander, on day one of LSU fall football practice, right here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your Just let it shine through. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, a new coach had a new job and a new conference and a lot of new faces on a roster with 15 transfers and a whole heck of a, a lot of freshmen that might be thrust into some significant playing time roles. Welcome to LSU football 2022 with the season opener just 30 days away. One man that will be covering them day in, day out uh, is Wilson Alexander, who covers the Tigers for The Advocate. He's kind enough to join us now after attending for, I guess, 30 minutes or so. Practice number one, which was indoors because of uh, inclement weather. Wilson, thank you for the time, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, How are you and how was day one in your perspective i'm doing well jordy thanks for having me on as always i appreciate it always good to talk to you day one was pretty you know light they were just in helmets not Mm -hmm. a whole lot that you could draw from it but we did learn a few things about um the offensive line in particular a little bit about kashan butte we uh, discovered that trey bradford is no longer on the team on the running back so there was a few things to take away from it but you know as you kind of you know first day camp sort of typical stuff you're not going to you know find out the answers to every question that you have um they got to build up toward that it's going to take a little bit of time especially quarterback but uh it was just exciting to see some real football going on again as we get closer to the season i'm always curious um big picture how the organizational skills were did were things running like like they looked like they knew what they were was it organized yes i would say so it was a little bit um, cramped because they were in the indoor facility. There's, uh, you yeah. know, when they're outside, of course, and they can be spread out across two fields. Maybe it looks a little bit uh, just cleaner. Uh, but we were able to actually get a really right. good bird's eye view of it all being up on the catwalk there in the indoor facility. And, yeah, they, you know, they, they sort of worked out all of those kinks um, back in the spring. Like I remember in the spring, first day, Brian Kelly's walking around observing everything, taking tons of notes. And one of the things he noticed was that the uh, student assistants who were catching passes for the quarterbacks, he's like, okay, they need gloves so that they can actually catch these balls because, you know, <laughs> else being an LC quarterback, you got some velocity on that on that pass, and these student uh-huh. assistants aren't necessarily used to that. Well, here we are today, um, as they did later in the spring, and again, once practice resumed here months later, those student assistants are in gloves. It's little things like that that Kelly notices gotcha. um, to make things run well. Okay, you mentioned um, 
Trey Bradford no longer with the team, so they're a little bit thinner at running back. Emery, Kane, Goodwin, and Williams, so that's one thing. But I'm really curious about the offensive line. I hear they're, man, they're trying people, right tackle, uh, right guard, left tackle, right tackle. I mean, there's like a lot of cross-training involved here. Yes, that's sort of been something that Brad Davis has believed in, um, certainly ever since he got to LSU. Uh, and I think it's sort of his philosophy in general, even before he was a coach here last, you know, was to, to cross train linemen so they can fill in at multiple spots if you have an injury, uh, that kind of thing. And to try to really find the best five altogether and then put them at different, at the spot that maybe works best, um, to an extent, you know, right? I mean, sometimes people are just going to be really good at right tackle, um, and that kind of thing, but then they would, you know, be one of their, your, your best five. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. Marlon Martinez and Garrett Dellinger, who both missed the spring because of injuries, uh, they're both playing at center and uh, guard. And then on the right side, and specifically, Anthony Bradford and Miles Frazier are playing right guard and or right tackle. Uh, Brian Kelly used the word interchangeable with them. I see them being able to maybe play both spots. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces, a lot of uh, on that offensive line. One uh, over the next few weeks as Brad Davis looks to try to find that best group. Flexibility is is good because uh, you never know how the season's going to pan out. Um, I'm curious. Um, this first time that Kayshawn Butte practiced uh, with with Brian Kelly, watch him because he was hurt. Um, and I, I read where Brian Kelly says he has to learn how to practice the right way. Um, can you give me an explanation on what you think that means? Yeah, that just means, you know, Brian Kelly has certain things that he expects players to do during practice, just a, a, a level, a standard that he wants them to practice to. Um, and it's something that every player had to adjust to back in the spring. Um, that was a little bit different. You know, they're running between all of the drills. Um, the the LNLC practice, not so much on day one because it was light by design, doesn't want to create any soft tissue injuries um, just by going too fast right off the bat. Um, but it, it's it's much faster between every period, uh, rarely are they are they resting. Things get done quicker. Um, the practice might be even be a little bit shorter, um, but to try to pack be more efficient with that. And so Kayshawn, just because he wasn't able to practice in the spring because of his injury, while he was watching all that, he hadn't participated in it yet. So it wasn't right. anything to to be worried about with him. You know, Ryan Kelly followed up by saying, uh, you know, complimenting Kayshawn's commitment to the program multiple times. Um, he, he, think, he thinks very highly of him, thinks he's going to have a great year. It was just one of those things, it's like, you know, he just got back out here today, our first time on the field together with him in a uniform and actually practicing. You know, he had to kind of remind, like, get on him a few times and be like, all right, now this is what we want. Um, just, you know, typical kind of coaching stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Wilson Alexander of The Advocate. Of uh, of all the freshmen out there, it seemed like um, Brian Kelly was glowing about uh, the star prospect of the 2022 class, and that's linebacker Harold Perkins. Uh, did you eyeball him, and what did you see? Yeah, I did. I, I, Harold was someone I wanted to see out there yesterday um, because this was his first practice in, in an LC uniform. He enrolled, a, he wasn't an early enrollee. He enrolled in the summer. Um, and he'd been getting some rave reviews. Um, you know, it's obviously extremely, extremely early, but, um, right. you know, back at, even at media days, some of the players were complimenting on how he approaches just film work and things like that. And, and his off season training in the weight room, um, as a true freshman. I mean, he's, you know, he, he already tell, like, he was standing next to Greg Penn the third, who's been in the program for over a year now as a sophomore, and he looks physically, just as ready to play right now as Greg does. 
Um, he's coming in, and, and he looks like he's going to contribute. Brian Kelly said that um, Harold has a suddenness to him that is, is just a little bit different um, when he when he's going to make a tackle uh, compared to the rest of LSU's linebackers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Um, you kind of heard a similar thing, you know, early back in the spring. Um, Brian Kelly was asked right off the bat at spring practice who was impressing you from the freshman, and he mentioned Will Campbell just being yep. physically ready. And now mm-hmm. Will Campbell is probably going to be your starter at left tackle. And so it'll be interesting to see if that sort of same early on uh, prop leads to him actually getting some significant playing time in the fall. Okay, we've gone a few minutes here, and I haven't once mentioned the quarterback situation. What did Brian Kelly – somebody had to ask him about the quarterbacks. What What is the plan, do you think? And what do you think Brian Kelly has in his mind as far as, okay, we've got 30 days before the start. Um, I guess this is more of an acclimation period that they're going through right now. Uh, but the pads are coming on next week. I, I would imagine that's when things start to ramp up a little bit. Exactly. You, you, you said it uh, – uh, uh, said it well there. He's wants to uh, build the whole team up over this next five, six days. They hit pads on day six, and they get a day off on day seven. And once you head into that second uh, week uh, uh, and really are in pads most days or at least in shoulder pads and you, you've gone through that acclimation process, that's when they're going to start doing what he described uh, throughout the summer, which is put in plays and run plays specifically tailored to these quarterbacks' different strengths because they all have a, very, a, a slightly different skill sets, um, in some cases very different skill sets. Um, yeah. that they want to be able to highlight those guys' strengths to give them a chance to show what they do best. And then in that, and hopefully at that point somebody will sort of assert themselves um, you know, past everyone else, and you'll start to see that separation. And so that's going to kind of happen in week number two. Um, it will be, it, so there won't be much visible differentiation between those quarterbacks until right. then. Um, and then we'll probably, you know, we'll follow up with him at that point on what he's seen and, and if anything will change. So that's what we kind of know for now in terms of the plan for going about trying to choose a quarterback. Um, I, I love his approach. It's more of a professional approach with letting the media go and see a couple of scrimmages. Um, that that has been so far and few removed from from forever and a day. Uh, that's kind of nice. It gives you all a chance to really kind of. Uh, sift through things and see what, what's going on. I mean, I think that's terrific and terrific for the fan bases that follow you. That's exactly what I was going to say is that it's best for the reader in particular. I mean, you know, we all, everything that we do is, is to try to give this fan base uh, coverage and a deep understanding of the team that they love. And this does mm-hmm. exactly that. I mean, you know, it doesn't, it isn't going to determine whether they win or lose games, how much practice we see. Um, I don't think it ever does, um, but it, especially at this point when he's just getting started, um, I mean, it's great. We were all really pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah. oh, there's a lot of programs in the country that do not open practice at all, and at least to this point, they've been pretty open about it. You know, that might not be the, the case throughout his tenure, tenure, um, right. you know, as long as he's at LSU, um, but uh, I guess tenure contract, I should say, but he, um, <laughs> at least right now, is being pretty open. Uh, Wilson Alexander of the Advocate being very open with us. Um, this defensive secondary you had a couple of new guys with Jarek Bernard Converse. Seven Banks was out there. Um, basically, they're they're very healthy except for who Jack Besh and Demario Tolan, but they they should be back in in action pretty good. So, so everybody's healthy. Uh, the secondary to me, alongside the offensive line, are the two most important positions because of the way the game is played with so many really good receivers 
receivers and quarterbacks in this league. You better have some defensive backs. And I know there's they come with with glowing reviews, but they haven't played together. I'm I'm curious um, about what little you got to see of the defensive backs. How do they look physically to you? Well, Makai Garner really popped out just in terms of physical you know, physical, I guess, makeup. I mean, he's 6'2 and 217 pounds playing cornerback. He, wow. he just looks massive compared to the rest of LSU's corners. He's, of course, uh, a transfer from Louisiana over there in Lafayette. And yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he looks physically, like, ready. Um, and then uh, even Jarek Bernard Converse, who you mentioned, he's 6'1 and about and over 200 pounds as well. And so he's just, you know, he's not, he's, he's no, you know, uh, you know, he, he looks physically there as well. I mean, they've got some big, yeah. long corners. Seven Banks was off to the side working by himself. Um, he's just a little bit limited, um, but th- there was no real con- you know, concern there um, at this point. You know, it'll be interesting to see when we do get back out to practice. Uh, the next open one, I think, is on Monday, kind of what he's doing. Um, it's going to be those three guys competing for two spots. And you're right, they feel good about what they brought in because they've, all those guys have had some experience at the Division One level. Uh, they, you know, they played. I mean, even Jared from our conference in particular was an All Big Twelve selection at Oklahoma State last season. They expect him to be able to come in and play right away. But especially because Jared missed the spring with a fracture in his foot, and Seven wasn't here until the summer right. after transferring Ohio State. A lot of the secondary hasn't really played together. They've worked out together, I guess. They've gotten some work in on their own, you know, in the summer, but they have no time. They've had no time together, and so they're going to have to be able to build that chemistry pretty quickly yes, indeed. Uh, because that is really important in the secondary no question about it i'll let you go on this one um wilson alexander of the advocate uh brian kelly kept the number seven tradition and he's keeping the number 18 tradition um we know that uh, kayshawn butte is wearing number seven come on give me a guess who would you predict is going to get number 18 this year i could see it being someone like maybe bj ojalari um okay. he's already been wearing eight um but you know, certainly an upperclassman. You know, he was the right. one that represented us at media days. He's a junior, yeah. expected to have a big year. He's kind of a steady presence, but he's not a big vocal guy. 18 doesn't necessarily have to be a vocal person, but if you're going to go that route, then maybe Mike Jones, but he just switched to number six. So does he switch numbers again? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm also not quite sure how Kelly's going to go about figuring that out. Those two maybe pop out to me. I could also maybe see. Like a Jare Jenkins, he's a senior wide receiver. He's been okay. around for a while. Um, right. It's going to be an interesting decision. Yeah, interesting decision, to say the least. And the biggest decisions are coming down the road. Uh, pads get on on Tuesday. They'll take a day off on Wednesday and then full steam ahead. Enjoy your weekend, man. But thank you for your time. And you're going to talk to some players this afternoon. Is that correct? Yes, we get to hear from Keishon Butte for the first time since Ooh. his season ending ankle injury last October, um, and, and excited to hear what he has to say. It's been an eventful offseason for Kayshawn, and, and he's usually, you know, just says what he was on his mind, and so I'm sure he'll have a lot to um, to talk about um, with what everything he's uh, gone through during the offseason. Ask him if he can lend you some of that NIL money he's gotten, man. That that might be a great way to start off with a laugh. <laughs> you might not be wrong there. I'll have to think about that one. Wilson Alexander, the advocate. Thank you, man. Take care. The grind has begun with fall camp. I appreciate it.
Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always. You have a good one. Uh, you're the best. Always fun talking to my man, Wilson Alexander. Does a great job. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our awards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Acadiana Bar and Grill. Or how about a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen? But you can only score these great prizes is by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll head to the NFL and the New Orleans Saints. Larry Holder will join us next here on the Jordan Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. It's a Friday, and after a couple of Fridays off, we uh, welcome back our good friend who is an NFL writer and columnist for The Athletic with his eye kind of turning to the side, uh, looking at the New Orleans Saints, giving us a good perspective of things there. Larry Holder, kind enough to join us. Larry, it's been a while, man. How are you? I'm good, Jordy. How you been? I'm good, man. I'm. Uh, we got football right around the corner with uh, college getting ready to get underway, and then of course the NFL goes as well. Since last we talked, I- I'm dying to hear your your thoughts on um, the Miami Dolphins and the tampering for uh, Sean Payton and a little bit of Tom Brady. But um, boy, they the swift hand of the law, right? Yeah, and it's the money doesn't hurt. Uh, Stephen no. Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, I mean, he's a billionaire, so $1.5 million for trying to basically uh, shoot your shot uh, illegally in NFL terms for uh, Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Um, I guess it's, it's, uh, it's okay in that aspect, but, I mean, look, you're going to lose two draft picks. Uh, you're going to lose a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. And it's uh, it, it just goes to show you uh, just how maybe desperate some teams get. I mean, where it's yep. just blatant that they're yep. they're trying to uh, go after uh, the, the big boys. And when you look at it more specifically with Brady, I mean, they went after him a couple times. Uh, once while he was with the Patriots, and then again when he was still on a contract with the with Tampa and. I don't feel like the Sean Payton one was as egregious just because there were definitely rumors floating around that Sean Payton mm-hmm. might be stepping away, and so maybe Miami decided to give it a shot. Uh, I think it's more egregious with Brady uh, in, the, in the sense that they tried to pluck him away or convince him to maybe step away and then go back yeah. go to them uh, with two teams. So it uh, just goes to show you, uh, uh, look, we've seen it there. We've seen it. Obviously, with the Deshaun Watson saga, that if you want to get the best, you, and, and no matter the circumstances, you're gonna, teams are going to try to do it. That's what I've never understood, Larry. These owners are worth billions of dollars. Why are they worried about a little 
salary cap. <laughs> Go spend what you want. If you want to win and win badly, what's a couple of like extra hundred million dollars when you're when you're multi multi billionaire? <laughs> Well, there's a reason why there is a salary cap, and you can't go over like in the NBA and in Major League Baseball. I mean, you could go into a luxury tax, but that's not the way it is in the NFL. So, I, but yeah, I, I think that's a part of that is uh, you know when when it comes down to say head coaching hires, like I bet you Sean Payton becomes the highest paid head coach in NFL history once he's back in the game. No doubt. No doubt. And there's no salary cap there. So I think right. that, that is going to be part of it. But I think part of, you know, the NFL wants to keep its league and all of its teams uh, at least uh, on a level of, of being competitive. Now, we, we, we know there are downtrodden franchises, and they just are what they are. But still, uh, I definitely think that uh, – that when it comes to spending, I mean, definitely there are te- there are teams that are more penny pinchers. And actually, one team I'm totally going sidetrack here, but one team that actually decides to finally open up the pocketbook and, and help themselves out for once are the Bengals. At, you know, this off season, and, that's, and look uh, what happened. Uh, that's gonna yeah, and that's gonna be the benefit uh, for Joe Burrow where and, and the Bengals as they are. You know, they were minuscule away from winning a, a Super Bowl, and now they've, they've improved their roster by finally opening up the checkbook instead of being uh, a, a little, uh, keeping the wallet too closed for their own good. I know there's no luxury tax, but the way the Saints maneuver that the, the figures and all, and, you know, I mean, they keep pushing it down the road and pushing it down the road, they'll push it down the road forever and figure out a way to get under that cap and still do what they need to do. It's just, it's remarkable. Larry Holder of The Athletic. Um, the Athletic staff came out and ranked all the quarterbacks in tiers, right? And uh, they listed Jameis Winston of the Saints as the number 24 quarterback in the league. If he plays like the number 24 quarterback in the league, what does that say for the Saints this year, in your opinion? They don't make the playoffs, and maybe the Saints look for another quarterback in 2023. Uh, So if he plays there, I think uh, that that uh, will be an issue. And there's a reason. If If that happens, and if that's the way it plays out, then uh, you know it's there's there's a reason why they did a short term right not uh, lucrative in in terms of quarterbacks sort of contract now i think he can play above that i'm, I'm i think you're in agreement with me that he could play mm-hmm. above that right uh, i feel like he's he's set up to be able to play above that i just think that uh that people think that injury and he's never really proven to be a quarterback that can bring a team to the playoffs. I mean, he's never done it. So I think uh, there are rightful questions and yet I think he's set up the best he's ever been set up uh, to be successful. Uh, Even without Sean Payton in the building, I think the pieces are there uh, across the board and you have a defense that's going to be very viable to put him in a position to be successful. So I think 24 is probably too low. Uh, okay. For me, uh, you know, people ask me, you know, what kind of, what, what type of quarterback do you think it would take for, you know, the Saints to uh, be a good football team this year? I think Jameis Winston should probably, for that to happen, I think he needs to be like a top 12 quarterback. 
So I'm not asking him to be a top five. I'm not even asking him to be a top ten. But if he's a top 12 guy, not making a ton of mistakes, uh, and uh, I think the Saints can be a playoff team, and then you figure it out once you get there. Well, that's a big, big jump. Uh, considering, according to The Athletic, he's never ranked higher than 17th, so he would have to have um, something good happen and some things look like they're good happen. Olave's been impressive, apparently, from the people I've talked to. Uh, Jarvis Landry's Jarvis Landry, but the big news is Michael Thomas looks like he's back. Um, I know he hasn't participated in 11 and 11 drills, but the drills that he is participating in, nobody can stop him yet. Right. That's the big question. I mean, I think you're talking about the health of your two premier players. I mean, we talked, you know, a lot about Jameis Winston, but Michael Thomas, we have not seen him healthy since week one of 2020. And so uh, if he can get back to, I'll just say, a number one receiver type form, I'm not going to say, hey, he's got to be an all pro. Right. you at least want him to be a 100-catch guy, 1,000, 1,100-yard guy, uh, eight or nine touchdowns. I mean, that's what you're looking for. Uh, obviously, you want more than that because you've seen more than that, but uh, he needs to be a little, at least be that guy because at least in this offense and with the receiver and core the Saints have, they're more viable than the ones I'm talking about when he was massively productive. I mean, the number two guy in some of those years was like Ted Ginn. I mean, right now it's Jarvis Landry and then Chris Olave. I mean, one, two, three, you've got a really good receiving core. And then four, five, six, those guys were starters last year, basically all year for the season. So you're deeper than you've ever been there. And if everybody is right, uh, you you can mix and match pieces all over the map, and you still want Michael Thomas to be that number one guy. And so far, so good. I mean, on the field, uh, and and he looks like he, he can still do the part and, you know, you still want to ease him in and be cautious, but uh, but yeah, yeah, the fact that he's practicing, you know, taking a day off here or there, I wouldn't worry about that. You see, he's starting to lift the part again. Why did you have to mention Ted Hands of Stone again and upset my Friday? Why did you have to bring his name up? In 2018, uh, he was uh, was it 20? It was either 2017 or 2018. I'm trying to think <laughs> back. I mean, he was he was a viable number two. Uh, I'd like to say it was 2018. I mean, he had one good well, year. Well, whatever. And then, that and viability then went out the window again. afterwards. Yeah. God, <laughs> how, many, how many passes did that dude drop in his time? Lord have mercy. Uh, Larry Holder of The Athletic. Um, Honey Badger's back in camp. That's always a good sign. Um, Got to get himself acclimated uh, in what I think would be one of the strengths of this ball club, and that's the defensive secondary, and he's a he's a valuable part. I'm glad whatever it was has been handled. Yeah, and uh, he hasn't gone into major details about that, but no, it's the fact he's back means to me he's going to be back, and that's that's good news. So, yeah. and you you think about it though, they're having to revamp their safeties, not just Tyron Matthew. I mean, Marcus yeah. May's got to come in and replace Marcus Williams, and I think that pair uh, can be definitely an asset. Uh, you look at them at cornerback. You certainly like their starters, including Nickel. You got Marshawn Lattimore, a little dinged up, but he's fine. Uh, and then C.J. Gardner Johnson. He's basically having a sit-in at times because that's the trend for someone looking for a new deal. Uh, will that happen? We'll see. Uh, 
but yeah, you, you definitely want to keep the guy. So, uh, you know, I think something will happen at some point. Paulson and Debo, year two, uh, looking very good. Uh, he was right off the bat, very good. Third round pick from last year, and mm-hmm. uh, he's certainly not relinquishing that starting spot. And if you got a, I mean, you have a bona fide starter that's even your fourth corner right now with Bradley Roby. Uh, so yeah. uh, you look at it and the Saints have. Is that some? Is that somebody the Saints may consider um, dabbling out there uh, as a trade source in case there's a position that they look at and go, man, we're not we're not strong enough here. Maybe we could trade a Bradley Roby who has value for somebody else. I think that's going. To, I don't think they would want to, but it depends on what a team is kind of floating over their head. So I, mm-hmm. I you know, and it's, I don't know. Uh, Hmm. I, I don't know if uh, if the Saints really want to do that. I, I will bring up a trade possibility, though, and it's not okay. that position. I mean, you're looking at the Saints having an overloaded wide receiver core, and mm-hmm. look, I think the Saints might dangle someone like Traquan Smith. Uh, so, okay. if if they're, I was thinking maybe Denver might after Tim Patrick got hurt, maybe they okay. sniff around there or something like that. You know, I'm sure a team might call up for Marquez Callaway. I don't. I think the Saints would rather keep him, uh, and then they, they'd feel more comfortable trading Traquan Smith. But I feel like he's someone in a prime spot where if there's a team that's really needy at wide receiver, uh, the Saints would dangle him out there. So I, I think uh, okay. uh, I think something could – I'm not saying it's going to, but just I looking understand. at the roster and everything spread out, I mean, you're overloaded at wide receiver. I think you, yeah. could, uh, you could possibly trade someone like Traquan. Larry Holder of the Athletic is the master of the final roster. Um, he does it every year, and he's dead gum good at it. Do the Saints keep Ian Book on their roster? Do they do they do they put him out there on the the waiver wire and 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 try and put him back on the practice squad? What ha- do they keep three quarterbacks? I think they still do. I mean, I think they look at what happened last year and they had to play four. So why would you not yeah. keep three? And Taysom Hill is not really in that quarterback no. realm, uh, per se, uh, anymore. So I, I don't see why, why you wouldn't. I mean, you can, you can figure that out, and the Saints have in the past. And so uh, now it's, you know, Sean Payton liked the in-book. Is it a different set of eyes? Maybe uh, Dennis Allen, uh, maybe they change their mind on him. But, uh, yeah, I think, that, uh, I, think there's, uh, I think there's room for Ian Book. I mean, I think you could have that, and, and like I said, they had to play four last year, so why, why not yeah. uh, take up a roster spot? And uh, you know, I, I think that's uh, that's something that they can handle. Gotcha, uh, Larry Holder of the Athletic, kind enough to join us. Um, well, what a mess with this Cleveland Brown Deshaun Watson. Now you've got another Attorney General that's gonna that's hired by Roger Goodell, who's gonna make the final decision well you know what that i mean that's going to be at least a year right and and some money because why would goodell hire somebody that's gonna not do that yeah it's definitely uh in the sense that the nfl wants to get at least a year and it's almost like the initial ruling has kind of helped the nfl because if it was a little more uh, it might be harder uh, to to get more, but I, I feel like that this, the NFL is probably going to get a year. But I, look, I'm going to give the ultimate disclaimer in this: in that uh, the uh, the the NFL in 2012 
Roger Goodell did not take a part in the appeals process for yep. four Saints players that were accused of being part of a, a bounty program. Right, right. And it was Paul Tagliabue, the former NFL commissioner, mm-hmm. and Paul Tagliabue, Roger Goodell probably thought he was going to help and rule in favor of them, and Paul Tagliabue vacated every suspension, all of it. There you and go. so uh, there's precedent that that goes against the NFL, but I don't think that that is going to happen this, this time. Uh, yeah, so I think this is a different set of circumstances. Different world. Considering, <laughs> yeah, considering where, uh, let's see, Deshaun Watson has settled with 23 of the 24 yeah. accusers. The Texans yeah. have settled yeah. with 30 um, <laughs> complaints. Yeah. So I think that the NFL is going to get their way, and I think it needs to be yeah. a year for me. You can read between the tea leaves. Larry Holder, we got to run, man. It's always great talking to you. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thank you. All right, Jordy. Great talking to you, buddy. Take care, man. Larry Holder of The Athletic. We'll be back to wrap up our number one next. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, finishing touches to our number one here on the Jordy Helper Show. We do appreciate Larry Holder of The Athletic and Wilson Alexander of The at, um, uh, the Advocate, talking Saints, NFL, and, of course, LSU. Coming up, our number two, George Faust will join us as we talk about uh, the Ragin' Cajuns and all the things they've got going on, what's their expectations, who's their quarterback going to be. And then we'll talk a little bit about everything with George Becknell and my producer, James Mesh, to wrap our number two. So that's what's coming ahead for you. We are brought to you by... Um, DC's Little Capital Exxon. I tenant the Henderson Cecilia exit right close to Bro Bridge. Frankie's a great guy. He's got a clean store with tons and tons of goodies in there, all kinds of curios and gifts and every snack under the world. And tucked away in the corner is that true soul food deli with the best cheeseburger ever and so many other things cooked fresh to order. You can dine in or Take it and roll. Our number two straight ahead, the Jordy Helpert Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, where you're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Come on back, everybody. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, August 5th, the year 2022. The Saints, the Tigers, the Cajuns, the Cowboys, all, and your whatever other favorite teams that you follow, they're all in the full swing of 
things. Football's right around the corner. LSU gets underway 30 days from today on September 4th against Florida State. The Saints will have an exhibition game, preseason game next week. We had a preseason game on Thursday night. We got the Hall of Fame game coming up on Saturday. So things are uh, happening. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite. He is spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons in the game studio, which is on the campus of uh, Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 The Game in Lafayette, also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you have a television set, you can pop us on, on the um, in the Acadiana area. As we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Believe it or not. Yes. So um, public service announcement here. All right. The South Side High School needs your help. Uh, the third shark frenzy. It's pretty cool. Shark frenzy. Shark week. Is that still on? I don't know, but it, it's, it was there. But the third shark frenzy for Southside High School's band and football programs is coming up Saturday, August 13th. Uh, they need money, and the money raised at this event will be used to fund the operation of these two organizations. Things like travel expenses, equipment, instruments, helmets, shoulder pads, and much, much more. If you attend, you're going to have dinner, drinks, music, dart games, raffles, live and silent auctions, and more. So put it down on your calendar, Saturday, August 13th, from 6 to 10 p.m. at the beautiful Youngsville Sports Complex. And that's at 801 Savoy Road in Youngsville, Louisiana, one of the biggest growing cities around. And that Youngsville Sports Complex is something special. really is. So... Help out if you can. Uh, tickets are on sale now through Monday, August the 8th. So not much time to get tickets. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I got a feeling if you show up on Saturday, August 13th, they're not going to turn you down. But if you can buy tickets ahead of time, that will certainly help. It's the third Shark Frenzy for Side High School's band and football program, Saturday, August 13th. Okay, there you go. All right. Um... LSU football. Quarterbacks, nothing new. There's only one day of practice. Nothing new for anybody. Uh, the major things to know is that the offensive line, one of the major concerns is a work in progress. Um, Cross-training. Uh, Brad Davis, the offensive line coach, with Brian Kelly, I mean, just looking on with earnest. Um, he's focused on cross-training players across multiple positions. Other than maybe true freshman Will Campbell at left tackle, there's not a really single starter cemented into a spot. Uh, Kelly has repeatedly said he likes the depth. LSU is built up front, but you know, who's the best and what's the pecking order? Well, that's that's different. Uh, example, FIU transfer and freshman All-American Miles Frazier. He's been paired on the right side of the line with redshirt junior Anthony Bradford. Frazier was at guard Thursday with Bradford at tackle. But Kelly says he likes both at either guard or tackle. So we've paired them on the right side. Um, 
and apparently they think that they are interchangeable. So that's good. That's good. Um, Others to watch. Marlon Martinez and Garrett Dellinger. Um, They were both young pups during LSU's troubled 2021 season. Uh, And LSU hopes they make a huge quantum leap this fall, but both miss spring with injuries. Um, Brian Kelly said that both Martinez and Dellinger are focusing on guard and center. So another cross training centers another wide open battle Uh, senior Charles Turner took most of the first team reps in spring but you've got more competition Um, and so the flexibility there the cross training they're trying to find what they can do I I just think there's only one player as I said earlier Will Campbell that's your left tackle he ain't they're not going to put him at guard not going to put him at center he is your left tackle plain and simple um Keishon Butte, another player making his first uh, appearance in a practice under the guidance and the eyeballs of Brian Kelly. Uh, Kelly acknowledged he had to get on uh, Keishon once or twice about how to practice the right way. You know what that means? That means run, run precise routes, sprint between drills. Um, this is a new regime. And there's a new way of doing things. There's a new sheriff in town, as the old cliche goes. But he was quick to say um, that Butte was so committed, has worked so hard. Uh, he says you can see the potential in him. He can be the best receiver in the country. So you got that. Um, One note on the roster, uh, Trey Bradford no longer with the team, and that's for the third time in two calendar years he has left a football program. Um, Brian Kelly only said that he's been separated from the university. There are a couple of laws that I cannot get into specifics there, but he is no longer on the roster. Nobody had any comment on Bradford. He was that four-star prospect out of Texas who transferred from LSU the summer after his freshman season. Um, He landed at Oklahoma only to leave months later, transfer back to LSU. Uh, He had uh, that clutch touchdown against Florida. You thought, oh, man, okay. Bradford missed most of the 2021 season with a hamstring injury. Uh, but he was impressive this spring. He had some impressive plays. So I don't know what's happened, but now that he's gone, LSU has a thinner running back group with John Emery and Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin and Josh Williams. So I wish the man uh, the best. Uh, we shall see. Now, the quarterback situation, let me reiterate this to you again. There's nothing going to be decided in the near future. Nothing. They're going what they they're going through what is known as an acclimation period or program. Um, and so you're not going to see separation the first six, seven days. You put the pads on, and then LSU starts going into down and distant situations. So the first few days, dialing up almost every play that's not a down and distance specific. You just run, okay, let's run this play. Let's run that play. Now they're going to, then next week, they're going to start practicing. Okay. It's third and four. And this is what we want to run. 
They're going to narrow things down to situational football, and that's when Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock and Joe Sloan can start seeing play calling situated for each and every quarterback. And I think that will get determined, and then you'll start to see a separation there. And then, as he said before, protect the football, get the ball to your playmakers, and every once in a while you got to make a play yourself. When all things break down, you got to be able to make a play yourself. If you ask me right here, right now, who I thought would get the job, I'm going to go with the transfer, Jaden Daniels. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. I have no inside information, but that last thing that that Brian Kelly harped on, sometimes you just got to make a play. He's got the most reps. Played in the most games, and um, he can move, man. He can skedaddle. So that would be my guess, unless proven otherwise. They will all prove it to themselves. They'll prove it to the coaches, and they'll put the one thing's guaranteed. I know about every coach at every level. They're gonna put the best player that you that they think gives them the best chance to win a football game. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Like I tell kids and I tell my daughter, look, coaches are coaches. Coaches want to win. If you're a basketball player, I don't care how bad you are on one end of the court. If you're making shots on one on the other end, if you're making buckets and scoring points, they'll never take you out. Never. Because it's all about points and scoring. They got other people that can play defense. They'll make up for your deficiencies there. If you can score, shoot. The quarterback, if he can make plays, move the chains and get touchdowns, that's who they're going to play. That's who they're going to play. So it will all iron itself out in due time. Okay. Um, coming up after this timeout, uh, George Faust from KLFY uh, will join us and uh, we'll talk all things raging Cajuns. But first, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, how good was Justin Verlander yesterday? Jeez. Oh, my God. Uh, they take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th. You can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations. That's Saturday night. That's a, that, that is a fun gig. Go register. Astros Weekend Getaways, powered by Bookshire AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I got to get to Houston, and I got to go watch one of these games. I got to get a ticket or two. See if I can get hooked up on that. All right, George Faust, KLFY, when we return, the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The difference is the details. That's the motto for this season for the UL Raging Cajuns as the Coach Desimo era begins. But really, it already began because he led them to a uh, New Orleans Bowl win over Marshall just weeks after previous coach Billy Napier left for Florida. Joining us now to talk all things Raging Cajuns, the king 
of Lafayette Television, Mr. George Faust. George, <laughs> how are you, man? I'm doing well, Jordy. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I had a couple of Fridays off, but it's got back in the saddle. Here we go. So yeah. training camp starts today. Um, give me your thoughts and your expectations for this Cajun club. New coach. Um, conference looks like it's going to be a little bit tougher with the additions of some new teams. Got to find a quarterback. Sounds like we're talking about every team in this state basically having the same situation. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 the Cajuns are in a, a unique position because not only did they lose their head, their head coach, they gained one, uh, no doubt, in Coach Dez, but um, they lost their quarterback, their experienced quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that is where all the questions lie. And, and, and I know, look, Dez said it yesterday at, at the media day, uh, you know, quarterbacks get all the attention. They get the, too much credit. They get too much blame. All that 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 old cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true, which is also a cliche. And um, I was just going to see how many I could throw out there, you know. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but seriously, they're in a situation really unique uh, in some regards because they do like both the quarterbacks, Chandler Fields out of uh, out of Rummel, uh, who who's been with the program for three seasons. And then Ben Woolridge, who was here last year, also battling to be Levi Lewis's backup. So there, there's a situation where both of these guys kind of um, have have a chance to be the starter, and they they like having uh, that opportunity. And they're going to be one of those two guys is going to be the man. And, and as Coach Dez said yesterday, uh, they don't feel like they're at a disadvantage with either one of them. I always hearken back, though, to when the Coach Hud was here, and he had two quarterbacks, and there was a, he, he told me one time, he's like, really, if you have two, you got none. <laughs> and like, that was That's off right. the record when Coach Hud told me that. But, it, you know, we were, we were talking about it, you know, kind of uh, just his quarterback situation. And that's kind of some, that might be the case here, that might not be. I'm just saying I think what what Des likes about his situation is that these guys have a lot of experience with regards to um, the practice field and understanding what they're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. Now, once they get – and Chandler's had a little more game experience, I feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think if you had to pin me down right now on who would start, I'd probably put Chandler a little bit ahead. But uh, – I think there, there's a today will be the first time we get to see him, uh, you know, kind of in this fall practice setup. We saw him in spring, obviously, but, but yeah. uh, in the fall, we'll see how who who rolls with the ones and and all that good stuff tonight uh, when yeah, they practice just, at seven. So seven p.m. practice start. Wow. Yeah. They, well, that's when it's open to the media. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah, they, they they'll probably be out there. Uh, all, all afternoon. They probably start at 4 or something like that, 4.30 yeah. or something. Uh, Ooh, let, or the, let, the late, yeah, let the late nights begin for my main man, <laughs> George Faust. One thing that everybody seemed to harp on is, uh, and it's the new thing now, it's the soft tissue injuries that, that come about. But apparently the former LSU fullback who is now in charge of the strength and conditioning staff, Connor Neighbors, 
obviously a guy that played understands what this is all about. Uh, he's taken over, and they feel like they're better, stronger, faster than they have been in the past. So that's that's one change that I think has been welcomed. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, anytime you can you can kind of uh, keep yourself healthy off the field to be available. You know, that's that, that's another cliche, right? The best yep. uh, the best player is is the one that's available. <laughs> So uh, you keep yourself available. You you get yourself on the field so you can be be uh, of use and, and uh, of value to your team. And and I think that's a that's definitely uh, a welcome situation for the Cajuns as they move forward. And I think, um, which is so important, Des hadn't changed much. And, and, and I think, you know, the players trust in him, believe in him. Uh, and that's, that's a, that takes a while to, to build for uh, maybe another coach in another program. Um, but, man, um, it just seems like things are all in tow here. I just, I, I just don't know. There's so many, again, there's so many pieces you have to replace. The league's getting tougher. I don't, I don't know what you consider a successful year in year one. Yeah, I, I, look, he, he, Coach Dez said yesterday, you know, you don't, you don't come. They won thirteen games a year ago. How do you improve on thirteen games? Yeah. Well, winning thirteen 14. games. The the interesting thing is, and, and what kind of struck me as I was listening to Coach yesterday, was that you know, he he's been around this whole time. It's not like he's coming in and he doesn't think that he's been a like. So those 13 wins, that, that, that's not, in his mind, it's not mm-hmm. Billy Napier's team that won that. He was there, too. It's his team. And that he's, he's accepted ownership. From, from our standpoint, it looks like, oh, he's just coming on as the head coach. But from his standpoint, and this is why, what I, why I say that, is because it seems like he, he, he doesn't feel like this is his first year in the Vermilion and White. And it's not. But he, he, he doesn't feel like the position has adjusted the way people view him or the way he should be viewed. At least that's the what he thinks. And, yeah. and maybe that's a great thing. Maybe that's a naive thing to think that, you know, now you have the head coach label. You're, you know, people start, you know, opening the door for you when you walk by as opposed to walking in before you, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. But, but I, I think his mindset is – we're going to improve on what we did a year ago, and that's the mindset that the team is going to take on. And it yeah, seems like good. that is what he's trying to implement. So what he said yesterday, get me back to that, is you know they're, they're trying to strive to be better than they were a year ago. Who knows if they'll accomplish that, right? But he said right. the Super Bowl for them would be a New Year's Six Bowl. That's a, that's a, that's a little far short. I, I don't know that, that if they're going to be able to do that. But I think they will have an opportunity to win some uh, a lot of ball games this year, and I don't know if you're about to ask me this, so, I, so I'll hold off and let you ask me it. But uh, no. I, I think they will have a successful year. I okay. just don't know uh, h- how many wins that might be, right. but I have a theory. Right. 
I understand. Um, I know one thing for sure. A lot of people get out of their seats when it's like fourth down and you have to punt the ball. Uh, they go get uh, to the concession stand real quick and uh, <laughs> before the defense comes out. But don't do that with new special teams coach Luke Paschal uh, because it, he, he was at Arkansas State. This man fakes kicks left and right um, and, and does onside kicks. This, this dude, I, he's, he's my kind of riverboat gambler when it comes to special teams. I, I haven't met the man, but I, I like his philosophy. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I hate punting the ball. Like, I <laughs> even in, in real life, I understand, like, there's, there's like, you know, hey, it's fourth down on our own 30. It's, it's fourth and five. So what? Go for it. I, I'm playing Madden. You understand? I, I If I was a, I, I wouldn't be a head coach because I'd get 10 and be fourth and five, and I'd be going for it on my own 25-yard line. I, I, I want to go for it. I want the ball. You understand? I want the ball. They can't, they can't beat me if I have the ball. And so if I go score, then I, I'm on top. Then get defense, give me that ball back, and we are not giving them a chance to score. They don't have the ball. They can't score. I have no problems with going for it on fourth down or taking a field goal, and, and, and I, I, I would be. I, they would. They would definitely be like, "Hey, Faust, you need to chill out on the going for it on fourth down." Ah, screw it, we're going fourth down and five from the own twenty. The fan base would love you until you failed and they scored on the next possession. And you got fired because you didn't win enough games. But but you're you're a gambler, so that's good. That's good. But anyway, he does do that. In fact, I, I read uh, where I think he get two uh, fake punts um, at Cajun Field back in 2014 when he was with Arkansas State. Not once, but right, twice. Right. Man, I like that. <laughs> Look, I, I'm all about I'm all about the trick, trick like trickeration and all that stuff. I, I think it's awesome if you can. But now you do have to be granted. You do have to be strategic when you when you decide to pull a fake punt as opposed yeah. to just going for it straight on and and things of that nature. But uh, you know, if you see something, you know that's why film prep is so important during the week. You see something that they that they not they're not uh, picking up on or they do. On a fourth down, they release late, or release early on a punt, and you can run the run the up back up the middle or something like that. Yeah. You know, dang, dang right, punt, do it. You know, absolutely. The, the wildest fake punt I ever saw involved LSU when the game against Arizona State. Uh, LSU had because of the hurricane. LSU had to go out there to Tempe. So, to, yeah, to I remember game. All right, and the LSU's on a like their twenty yard line. And the punter's back at the five, and we got one of the gunners, and there is nobody. I mean, nobody anywhere. And he's trying to be cool and not wave his arms above his head like, hey, uh-huh. hey God, hoo-hoo, look at me. me I'm freaking wide <laughs> open. It, so he kind of did it on the side by his leg, and I'm going, oh, my God, just take a chance. And Because Les Miles wouldn't have called that. No coach would have called that unless his name was George Faust. But son of a gun. <laughs> They snapped it to the kicker, and it was uncalled, and he just threw a little pass, and the dude ran for like 30 yards. I mean, it was nobody. I think the I think the right. punt returner was the guy that stopped him, like 30, 35 yards down the field. <laughs> Craziest yeah, yeah. thing yeah, ever. I, I, but, yeah. yeah, okay. I remember that game. I think early Doucette caught a touchdown in that game. That uh, was Jamarcus Russell correctly. late. 
Jamarcus Russell late, uh, early, never too late, Doucette, uh for the game winner. Yes, I'll never forget that. Um, anyway, yeah. um, just just a little side note there. Okay, so high yeah. school football is underway now, right? They're all practicing, so I'm sure KLFY is going to be focused in on yeah. all that as well. Yeah, we have uh, – so we do uh, – this will be the, I guess, 20 – I don't know, 25th year since uh, I've only been here 20, but I know they've done uh, high school football specials before I got here. So uh, it, 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 we, we, we do a 30-minute high school football special. It's going to air on uh, August 19th, and it is, uh, you know, we'll, fee- we'll have some interviews with some coaches and, uh, you know, kind of break down this, uh, this select, non-select business oh, and, and God, try and luck. figure out how that's going to affect <laughs> Uh, some things, and then we'll do some, uh, you know, previews of five A, the five A district here, three five A. That's going to be interesting uh, with Acadiana and, uh, and and the crew trying to get back to the state championship over there. And then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have we'll break it all down for you, and then get you get you set up for the jamborees the next week uh, that start in uh, late August, and uh, so that'll be that'll be fun. And then we're uh, August is always the busiest month it seems like for us because. We'll do that special, the high school special. Then we'll do a, we're going to have a Cajun Nation special coming up the week after that, uh, where we're we're going to talk to Coach Dez and we'll talk to some other guys about the, you, you know have some features, maybe mic them up during practice or some something, something cool like that. But we're, we'll be we'll be we'll be running running and gunning around the around Channel Ten for yeah. the next uh, vacation. Vacation time is over, my friend. It is upon us. That George is Fowles, Twenty years at KLFY. That's why he's the king, and uh, that's why Fridays <laughs> are fun with Fouls. Thank you, my man. All right, no problem, Jordy. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, man. Thank you. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 5th, 1973. Atlanta Braves legendary pitcher Phil Necro no-hits the San Diego Padres in a 9-0 victory. It is the first no-hitter for the franchise in Atlanta. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 36 minutes after the hour on this Friday, August the 5th, as they say in horse racing, down the stretch we come. That's one of my favorite segments of the week. And that's when we welcome in James Mesh back in the master control suite in the game studios and my good friend, Mr. George Becknell. Bye, George. Where are you now, my friend? How have you been? Jordy, I'm fantastic, man. Long time no see. I know. Would you believe? Yeah, yeah. Just a little quick little getaways here and there and uh, recharge the batteries and football's upon us. So so here we go. where do we begin here? Uh, let's start with the Saints. Um, is is Jameis Winston, both you and uh, James, is Jameis Winston going to make us once and for all f- forget about who the quarterback is for the New Orleans Saints, or is it going to be one of those? Oh my gosh, we're going to get, we're going to have to find a quarterback. So, in other words, is he going to have the year to to end all doubts in your in your guesstimation? Well, it it just depends. I think he, I think he's going to end all doubts, and 
in terms of he's going to prove to us that he's going to be a capable leader and lead the Saints where they need to go. He's not going to be Drew Brees. He's not going to make us forget about Drew, but he's going to be better than 90% of what the Saints would be able to get, in my opinion. You know, because I thought last year he played well. He was efficient. He threw for 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, and he was throwing to me, you, and James as his receiving core. They, they <laughs> went and got him yourself. some weapons. I speak for yourself. I got some good mitts, man. I can catch that thing. <laughs> gotcha. but, but they went and got him some good weapons. Yeah. They got, you know, the defense is just as good. His, he, he has to play C-plus, B-minus football for the Saints to win games, and I think he is capable of doing that. And the Saints will win a lot of games and people won't be looking for the next quarterback. James, I mentioned when we were talking to Larry Holder earlier that the Athletic had him ranked as the 24th uh, best quarterback in the league. Um, do you think Jameis Winston plays above that and silences the critics once and for all? You're talking about the 2022 MVP? <laughs> oh. uh, on, on, well... I don't really think that's going to happen, but I think he has a very good chance of getting the. <laughs> That'd be great. I, I've been you came out of left field, and I'm like, "What the heck is he talking?" I know. About? I, I was waiting for you to like. I was waiting for for you to be like, "Wait, hold on. What did you say?" Yeah. I, 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 well, I hesitate. I'm like, well, uh, "Okay." So anyway, so no, but go ahead. I, I think he'll. I think he'll have a really good season. I think he'll be like runner up or third place when it comes to comeback player of the year. I think he'll silence most of his doubters and have a really good season. But there will still be some people because he still will probably have some of his tendencies where he maybe get a little too aggressive at some points and do throw some boneheaded interceptions. But it won't be by any number of what he did in 2019 with the Buccaneers. Like you, okay. you won't really have to worry about it, and he'll be your QB for the next years to come. See, George, you scared me when you said C plus B minus type of quarterback. I don't know if you can win in this league with a C plus B minus quarterback. I want a quarterback that gives me an A. Um, so I'm I am going to remain on the skeptical side of things uh, until he can he can one last through a season, and let's see how things progress during the season i don't doubt his leadership abilities i don't doubt that the the his receiving room and his offensive people like him and all that but let's let's see what happens wins and loss wise and if you rely too much on your defense all the time that's going to end up breaking so he's going to have to carry the load and i don't know about a c plus i mean i'd like to see him in the in the upper high b's and all that stuff so so we'll see um We'll stay on the quarterback situation. Let's talk LSU football. Uh, Brian Kelly, one day a practice under his belt. Uh, they'll go back again today. The pads will come on next Tuesday. Uh, he said, you know, there's not going to be any separation here and now, but when they get into down and distance situations, that will determine things. Um, if you had to bet a soft drink or a water bottle on based upon what you've read, what you've seen, what you know LSU is facing. George, who do you think the quarterback's going to be and why? Well, based off what I've seen and what I've been hearing, it, it, it's got to be Garrett Nussmeyer, in my opinion. I, 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 I like I like what I saw when he played last year. You know, we've always – Miles Brennan has had this – he's been in, out of the, in and out of the lineup since he's gotten here. You feel like he's he's either been too small or not this or not that. The whole time he's been missing something 
ever since he got here, right? Mm-hmm. And then Jaden Daniels, he comes here, but he voluntarily comes here. LSU didn't recruit him. I think what I saw from uh, Garrett Nussmeyer last year, he reminds me of a young Tony Romo. He's a gunslinger. He's not afraid to to take risks. He's going to make some big plays, and he's going to get the ball in the hands of these fantastic receivers that LSU has. Did you so say, I, I like Garrett. Did you say Tony Romo? He looks like Tony Romo. never won a playoff game in his life? But that wasn't his fault. We could talk oh. about Tony Romo off air. Okay. But I, I actually think Tony Romo got too much crap thrown his way you know, that he didn't deserve. I would take him over Dak any day of the week. I think he's but, Okay. All right. Um, James, I'm I like you. Garrett. Okay. I'm going to ask you the same question, James. Who do you think and why? I, I think to start the season, my gut feeling is you'll start off with Miles Brennan. Every time he's gotten on the field, he's put up yards and he's put up stats. Now, his health is always a concern, and I feel like he is going to get injured. I don't hope he gets injured, but, I mean, just seeing the history, it feels like he – he might go down by week three or four, and then you just have Garrett Nussmeyer go crazy the rest of the way. I mean, Jaden Daniels, he came here voluntarily, but he's not the talented passer, and you feel like you got to take advantage of your wide receivers with how talented they are. say he came here voluntarily? You don't think LSU recruited him? <laughs> that's not what I, that's what I thought, but I didn't hear it was so at first. I assume that that he came here like LSU recruited him because he's already a starting quarterback somewhere else. Yeah, but I've heard the reason why Brian Kelly accepted him on the team because he saw things in him that he liked. So, um, in my perfect world, you would take the arm of Brennan, the legs of Jaden Daniels, the experience of Jaden Daniels, and the gunslinger ability of Garrett Nussmeyer. Combine them all. Now we got a quarterback. Now we got one. That would be great. I'm I'm still I'm gonna go. So you've got Nussmeyer. James has I Brennan. I'm start gonna be off the Brennan, contrarian yeah. and I'm gonna say it's gonna be Daniels. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, they'll they'll put the guy they believe will help them win uh more so than anything. Um since last we talked, and we haven't talked much about about it, um, but George, uh the sports world lost an iconic figure. He's on my mount. He's on my all-time starting five in NBA history uh, because of what he did on the court. Um, but off the court, he meant so much as well. Your thoughts on the passing of Bill Russell? Man, it's, it's just so much, Jordan. Because uh, Bill Russell clearly was that first NBA superstar, you know, that, that really, like, dominated the league. He got 11 rings. Um, the ultimate champion, a guy who was born in Louisiana, you know, a guy who was, who ended up coaching the Celtics to two titles, you know, so not only do I think of a champion being, being able to accomplish everything he accomplished at the time that he accomplished it as a black man says, you know, a, a lot about who he was as a person. And anybody who's enjoyed NBA basketball since the man has played owes him a great debt. Um, I think Bill Russell was a great man. He was a pioneer. And I think the game of basketball is a lot better that he had a part of it and he would be truly missed. I believe they should retire the number six and not let, let anybody wear it again. 
in my humble I agree. Humble I, would, I would second that. I think it uh, is a must. Uh, James, another um, loss in the world of sports. You want to be a uh, a podcaster, broadcaster type of thing. Did, did you Were you ever familiar with Vin Scully and uh, his body of work? I was familiar with his work. I just didn't realize who was the one calling it. I remember hearing plenty of times like the catch like i didn't i didn't realize that was vin because mm-hmm. mad and i we were going back and forth he was pulling up clips and i was like oh i recognize that clip yeah I, that oh that was him oh he did that one too like i didn't realize he had such a portfolio of amazing calls and yeah. having amazing moments so yeah, it, it's did. unfortunate that he passed but he now, now i understand who was the one it's it's the same thing with a lot of musicians like i've i've listened to their songs i just didn't realize who was the artist? It was, yeah. Um, had the privilege of meeting uh, Mr. Scully. Uh, and cool. to me, he is one of the all-time, all-time, all-time greats. Um, he just kind of, he, he, he just kind of brought you into his, into the, it's like he's in your living room and he's talking to you as a friend announcing a game. And he, boy, he had some memorable, not only in baseball, but in all kinds of sports. I met him. Uh, up in his press box up in uh, Dodger Stadium very, very briefly. Um, I was there with the Hornets, and we got a pass to go in there and uh, introduce myself to him, and he was as kind and as gracious as could be. Always wore a coat and tie to every game that he did. Um, 94 years old. He had some He had some great ones, man. Some great calls. The uh, Kirk Gibson home run, uh, just one of the many. So, um, so we lost that one as well two iconic um figures in the world of sports in both different ways but both so outstanding in what they did uh just remarkable um on a closer note but far far away in russia george Brittany griner uh sentenced to nine years in prison your thoughts and what happens next well it that's a loaded situation um my thoughts it you know, obviously, she's a uh, a political pawn yes. in the sense that they're they're using they're using the fact that she's has some popularity, and you know they they're going to throw the book at her for that reason. Um, so that's going on. I think she comes home. I think I think they're going to do the deal. I've been hearing about uh, you know President Biden. Uh, making the swap for the Russian prisoner that we have here um, for for Brittany Griner. Um, it, it just seems a little extreme to me that we'd be willing to part with like a, a mass murderer who's prisoner of war, essentially, um, to get Brittany Griner back. But that's that looks like what, what we want to do as Americans. So I would assume that she'll be back at some point uh, within the next calendar year would be my guesstimation. But it, it teaches you a valuable lesson. You got to be careful when you're out of these smart. non-NATO you know the countries. Yeah, you, you know the rules. You, you know, you, you, you can't just go over there and do what you want to do. No, you can't. Yeah, uh-uh. uh, James Mesh, what do you think about your Astros? Um, uh, what kind of odds do you give them to get to the World Series this year? I think they have very good odds. The only thing that does concern me is the fact that they're 5-6 and six in their last 11 games including yeah. getting swept by the athletics. Not not a good look, but you are coming off getting a 
part of three different trades, one of them being a three-team trade. You've got a lot of people. All of them contributed in a recent win. So it feels like you still have very good odds. You just have to mesh it together and move on from this tiny slump that you've been on the last couple of weeks. Do you think they had a little letdown after they 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 got uh, took care of the Yankees in that doubleheader? Um, I thought that was like the peak of their season to this <laughs> point in time. Maybe they maybe they've come down uh, a little bit, but I, I do believe you're right with the um, the addition of some players takes a while to get them acclimated, get them used to each other, and and do those kind of things. But I think the baseball man don't sleep on the San Diego Padres. They're gonna be in the playoffs. I know they're a long way away from the Dodgers, but man, if they load it up, huh? Oh yeah, they, they they have a very good chance. Uh, I like what I like the additions that they made as well. Yeah, Soto, uh, pretty darn good. You follow baseball, George? Well, yeah, Jordy, I, I've been uh, I've been following baseball not as much as when I was a kid, but I've been following a little bit. Um, those Atlanta Braves are red hot. That was my yeah. team when I was when I was a kid. Yeah. They're red hot. Mets Mets got the best of them so far. They're up four they and a half. But you, you you just remember Maddox and Glanville. And Glavin and and That's what you Smoltz. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was that was my team, Jordy. But uh, I kind of like I'm I'm a big fan of Aaron Judge and and John Carlos Stanton too. You okay. know. Those, I enjoy watching Ooh, those guys. They're fun. Uh, speaking of that, the Yankees, have either one of you watched any of uh, the documentary on the captain, Derek Jeter? I, I remember seeing a little bit of it on Sunday while I was kind of flipping, seeing what games there were. I, I, I remember having that on for a couple minutes, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Okay. George, have you watched any of it? I haven't watched any of it, but I tell you what, it's gonna be done this weekend. I'm gonna yeah, watch it. It's not bad. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it. It you is know, not gonna... bad. It's not bad. It, it's not. It's not the last dance. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it, it's not that. But but it's not bad. Heck, it's not bad. I, uh, I need something to watch. I've been stalking Hulu, waiting for this this Lakers documentary uh-huh. to come on so you know i need something to watch in the meantime <laughs> i gotta i gotta wait a couple more months before yellowstone comes back on again dad gummit that's that's what i'm waiting for come um, on all right all right well maybe next week i'll have better questions for y'all but y'all did good so thank you appreciate it Jordy. Pleasure, brother. I'm, I'm glad i'm glad to be here all right guys we'll take our final time out of the day and we'll come back a very special ex-tiger birthday today plus um must admit As a kid, I had a crush on another birthday person today. Stay tuned. We'll we'll give you the 411 on that here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041, the Lake Charles, your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Finishing touches to this Friday, August the 5th edition of the Jordy Hultberg Show. Special thanks to all of our guests. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate on uh, LSU football and their training camp. Larry Holder of The Athletic on the Saints and the NFL. George Faust from KLFY. All things with the Raging Cajuns as their first practice is today. Uh, And George Becknell. And of course, my producer, James Mesh. Can't thank you enough for all that you do. If today, August 5th, is your birthday well happy birthday from all of us to all of you uh i mentioned a former lsu star well um lolo jones was that um on the track uh, as a hurdler 
Uh, went to the Olympics, had some disappointments there, but uh, still uh, just a great athlete and a, and a nice human being. Lolo is 40 years young today. And if you're of a certain age, then you used to remember the Brady Bunch. And today, Marsha Brady, Maureen McCormick, is 66 years old. Now, back in the day, Maureen, yes, indeed. That was a that was a very attractive young lady. That's all I'm going to say. The Brady Bunch. Absolutely. All right. Um, that's going to wrap things up for today. Again, James, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you out there. However you listen, radio, internet, television, we appreciate your patronage. We really, really do. And, of course, our partners, well, we couldn't do it without you. Um, hope you had a great week with us. Hope you have a great Friday evening, an even better weekend. Come on back Monday, same time, 2 to 4, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I am Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Oh, let's be kind to one another, and uh, let's be happy. So long, everybody.